joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support of the show. And if you're a brand new listener on March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. On Twitter at Mike V Bauman. That's V is in Victor. What's up, Grant? The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link trees in the podcast description. You know what it is, man. You made it here. You found me somehow. And I greatly appreciate you guys hopping aboard for another edition of the show. I, uh, I'm still a little, uh, as some of you who, who are familiar with the show and, and, and listen to it frequently, and if you are, thank you so much. Um, I'm still a little under the weather, but I'm pretty, pretty close to hundred percent. So my voice is still a little, it's still a little sultry. You guys, it's still a little, still a little raspy. I still got some crap coming out of my schnoz. Um, the episode that you guys are going to hear today, I actually had COVID while I was recording it, but didn't know it, even though I knew I was under the weather, <laughs> um, and not to fear it was a zoom conversation. So I didn't expose anybody, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm coming out of really just, uh, I mean, out of the last, I would say probably, let's see, Christmas now, we're getting into mid-Feb, so we're talking uh, we're talking about eight weeks, roughly, close, seven, eight weeks, something like that. Is my math right on that? I've been sick probably three out of the last eight weeks. I've, I've had five weeks where I was cool, and then, and then really really like three maybe even four weeks where I was still kind of like getting back to on hundo because I was sick two weeks over Christmas and then I was sick um with COVID um uh two weeks ago I tested positive so so yeah man so I'm just getting back to 100 percent but uh I guess the good news for me I I feel fortunate actually that throughout the almost two years now this pandemic it's it's crazy how time flies but that the time that I got COVID was was the Omicron variant, which I'm almost positive I have. Obviously, I still got to go get blood work done and whatnot uh, to see what antibodies I got. But I'm almost positive it was Omicron because it was really just like a a really bad sinus infection for me. I take I take pretty good care of myself, but I'm bad about getting decent sleep, and that is something that uh, it's kind of been there my whole life, man. I've got a hamster and a wheel brain, and so. It's hard for me to kind of shut it down at night, and a lot of times before I go to bed, I'll watch something silly on YouTube, you know what I mean, like late-night interviews or podcast clips or funny clips from movies just to kind of get my, my head in that space of just winding down and having something not serious in my system before I go to sleep so I don't have weird dreams and whatnot, you know what I mean, just to go to bed on a good note. And then sometimes I'll be looking at it till like, you know, it'll be a half hour gone by, and I'm like, oh, dang, I just missed a half hour of sleep, so... A lot of that's on me and just my personality with uh, anxiety and overthinking and worrying and stuff, which I've made strides on. I have made strides on, but but yeah, so I just got to do a better job of getting that blue light out my face when I go to bed. But but other than that, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited actually just to get back, uh, not to sound like a meathead, but just to start exercising again because for the last two weeks, I did some light kind of core work stuff this week, but you know, really just some, some ab workouts. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to be going to Florida uh, in the not so distant future. So not that it's, uh, I'm going to be posting shirtless pics all over the gram, all lubed up on the beach or anything like that. But you know, I want to have a flat tummy when I go down there, you guys, I'm going to be turning 34 here soon. And I'm just trying to stave off that dad bod. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against you. If you got a dad bod, I just, I just, I'm trying to, you know, 
take care of myself. So, so yeah, so I did, I did a little light exercising this past week. I'm such a nerd. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to actually being able to, to get back at it, you know, full swing next week. I didn't want to push it with being sick and whatnot. So, so yeah, but other than that, everything is good in my world, man. I hope everything is good in y'all's world and just do what you can to be safe, be good to one another. And hopefully life finds you well to start the new year. We're almost a month and a half in. It's crazy how time flies, but I hope you are making the most of your 2022. And speaking of making the most of your time, man, this week's guest is a really awesome cat. He reached out to me on Instagram, and I'm so glad he connected. He is none other than Dylan Baumgartner of Realverse Productions. He's based out of California. And this dude wears a lot of hats, man, from short films to music videos being a musician, comics, he has a magazine, Realverse magazine. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, this this guy's got his hands in a lot. He's a very creative person, very thoughtful person, and we had a really really awesome conversation. You know, we talked about Realverse, we talked about his his band Slingshot. Their album, The Straw Man, came out back in September of twenty one, and they also released Trapped in Oblivion, which came out in November of twenty during the pandemic and what's really cool about those releases is that they're two completely different vibes musically they both flow together really well there's definitely a vibe of each but they're they're just completely different you know the straw man i i really i really dug cut and run crescent moon avenue menthol it was uh it was a really well done musical project and just the visuals and stuff that are part of it too the artwork it was just uh it, it was really cool really well put together and in addition to that, there's the Me and You short film that Dylan was part of, the Who short film that he was a part of, the Fernello comic book. I mean, we, we talked about so much stuff, man. And uh, you can watch Who on, on YouTube. You can also watch Me and You on YouTube, and I will, I will put up the links in the podcast description. But, uh, but man, I just had a really good time talking to this guy, man. Like, it, it just... Um, just in terms, I feel like our like-mindedness, if that's a word, like-mindedness, uh, I'll just say that we're like-minded. But just in terms of being somebody who you just have a need to do these things, you know, and, and we get into that. We talk about, you know, how we got into music and film and, you know, all this stuff, comics. And again, what I really think is cool, you guys, is Dylan's just a great example of somebody who's just going after the stuff that he loves. He's got great friends and and creators around him who he's worked with on all these projects like the aforementioned me and you which we talk about a lot on this on this podcast and uh, we talk a little bit about the who short film at the end and, and we really didn't even get into a lot of I mean there's just so much stuff that he's working on like we didn't get too much into real verse magazine but that's also really cool too because he puts that together he does the interviews and I mean it's just He's really hands-on with everything that he's doing. He's the definition of, of DIY, and and it was just really cool to have a conversation with, with somebody who is a fellow creator and, and a dreamer and putting the work in to go after the things that he loves. So without further ado, I'm going to shove my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Dylan Baumgartner of Realverse Productions. Here it is. <laughs> go well dylan thank you so much dude uh of course for, for yeah. your time and again for connecting 
on Instagram. Um, it's weird. Social media, I feel like is, is, can, can be like really nasty at times. And there's, there's a lot of garbage out there, but actually IG has been pretty good to me with, with the podcast and discovering really cool creatives like yourself. So thank you for reaching out and taking the time to do the show, man. Of of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, awesome. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Well, I, I always uh, try to be respectful of my guests and I know I've apologized like 900 times, but I, it was taking forever to connect before we officially hit record you guys. And uh, I hate keeping people waiting, but that being said, um, I, I I've really enjoyed, you know, since you reached out looking up more about the work that you're doing and you sent me some links. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've watched me and you, the short film you did. I watched who the short film that you directed and, mm-hmm. um, listen to the straw man that uh the album that you guys put out with slingshot back in uh it was september 21 right when that one yeah. came out yeah and so and then and then looking at the other links that you sent me i mean you're also there's the the fernello comic book am i saying that correctly yeah yeah fernello the flamingo yeah and then also uh there's copycats which is like an interactive murder mystery book there's bone orchard which is like a western fantasy so I mean, you've really got your hands in a lot, man. So, um, mm-hmm. as somebody, I, I feel I'm, I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like uh, I, I relate to you as far as like being a creative person that mm-hmm. has these itches that you just have to scratch. And so, oh, yeah. I guess just to start off, man, um, for you, when you look back, whether you were a child or a teenager what was like the first art form that grabbed you? Like for me, it was actually drawing, like before music, I got into music and I got into sports, like drawing was really like my first love, my first passion. Like for you being somebody who's into film, music, directing comics, Mm -hmm. all this stuff, like what was that first medium that really grabbed you, man? Um, I think probably, uh, I mean, like I've always like doodled and stuff. Um, but I think like the first time, like really like getting heavily invested in something like an art form would probably be music. Um, I think when, geez, I don't remember exactly how old, but I think when I was like nine or 10 or something, my younger brother got one of those like uh, cheap plastic guitars for like a baby guitar, basically. Um, but it had real like um, strings on it. So like you could actually play a tune on it and um, I would use it more than, than he would. Um, and uh, I learned how to play uh, uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath on it. And I showed nice. it to my, to my mom and she was like blown away that I like taught myself how to play that uh, on such a shitty guitar. Um, <laughs> oh, uh is is it fine to to curse on here yes yes okay, okay cool i won't um, just because i'm I, I work in the corporate world during the day but you can swear away my friend it's fine okay <laughs> um but uh um then for my like 13th birthday uh i got this uh epiphone sg um and uh, around that time too like uh school of rock had come out um and like oh, yeah. guitar, guitar hero 2 had come out um so uh i just a lot of that stuff kind of influenced that and then um yeah uh so yeah, i think music was the first like art form that i i really gravitated towards but i've i've always been interested in like comic books and i love movies um like i would as a kid i would just uh obsessively watch 
like the Star Wars behind the scenes stuff on like the bonus discs and like even listen to like the audio commentary um, just because I wanted to know more about uh, Star Wars and like uh, the whole creative process. Um, And then that just kind of opened the doors to like, okay, so like that's how you put a movie together or like uh, that's how they got this shot or, um, you know, stuff like that. That's awesome, dude. Like, and and that's, again, I think it just starts with like the stuff that you're, you're naturally drawn to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, cause I'll watch movies or I'll listen to music and kind of like what you're talking about. You're like, how do they do that? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like just as a fan of the guitar, like I can listen to a song and be like, Oh, they're hammering on, they're pulling off. That's a pinch harmonic. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but like figuring out how to do it. And, um, I like, I like, I still think about that when people direct movies and stuff, I'm like, how do they just get something out of their head and then just make all this? It's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? So I really yeah. admire that. Um, it's just, it's just funny, man. It's like the stuff that you're drawn to as an adult. It's, I feel like you can trace it back to childhood. There was just that oh, thing yeah. that you were just into, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I've, I've heard that like the experiences that you have as a child are basically like the foundation for who you are as an adult later on you know um and uh yeah I mean I was fortunate enough to like have a childhood where um I just had a lot of different like influences and like musical taste uh you know taste in movies and you know it's very like diverse and expansive so um yeah Now, were were your parents or anybody in your in your family creative too? Like, did your did your brother ended up did he end up sticking it out with guitar, or were, were you the one that ended up ended up nailing that? Yeah, I was I was the one that ended up nailing that. But he he's <laughs> a an amazing uh like illustrator, and then my oh, cool. my younger sister is a an amazing painter. Um, but uh, both uh, my mom and my stepdad growing up, um, they uh. I mean, they were both hairstylists, um, but like, uh, I never like did anything crazy with my hair or like took advantage of that opportunity. Um, <laughs> and like, I, I would see like, um, I mean, I would like, I think the biggest like influence that they had on me uh, creatively was um, they were like big like CD collectors, um, and. Uh, like they were, you know, collecting CDs during like the nineties and stuff. Um, so I would like just hang out in the garage with like their, you know, I think they had like three or four bins filled with just CDs. And that's where I found like bands like, uh, like 311 or like Blink-182, No Effects, um, and like just tons and tons of stuff. Um, like, uh, so I think that's like the biggest like uh, influence that, uh, I had or that they had on on me growing up <clears throat> that's cool well and it sounds like you guys got it in your blood you know if your brother's an illustrator and you said your sister's a painter too mm-hmm. yeah was she was she the one doing the paintings in the uh the yeah. short film me and you that was her mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah she did a such a great job like and I and I uh I think those paintings are kind of like a uh somewhat of a misrepresentation of what she's capable of because I had told her that I kind of want them to look um not uh 
like super super impressive because i thought it'd be way funnier if the uh the character christian in the film me and you um you know he has that whole scene where like he's he kind of uh projects himself as like kind of like a pompous uh arrogant artist uh that's also reclusive so i thought it'd be funny if like his work's not even that great you know (laughs) um but yeah yeah she's a she's a great great painter um i still have like all those paintings too i just don't know what to to do with them dude hang on to those man hang on to those (laughs) you know when you when you've got a premiere you know in hollywood those will be those will be you know those will be ones to remember um Mm -hmm. i i've i I really so let's so let's go into that. So um, for people listening to this, I'll, I'll obviously have the links in in the podcast description. But me and you, that also was released in 2021, right? Yeah, uh, October. Yeah, so yeah, so you cranking out. You had the the straw man come out. The album was slingshot in September, and then me and you came out October. I watched it last night, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought the shots in it were great. Um, you know, oh, when you're you. talking about your sister. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, man. Like when your sister uh, about her being a, a painter, like just the way and I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen it. Just just go watch it. Um, mm-hmm. You can find it on YouTube. Like I said, the links will be in the podcast description. But I really enjoyed the shots because uh, at first I, I always try to figure out I'm like, oh, where are they filming this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's the shot where uh, the girl leaves a radio station and she's going back home. Mm-hmm. and they come, they come out and and they're on the back patio and there's mm-hmm. just this cool you know the mountains are in the background yeah and he's painting deal. you know like it was mm-hmm. just it was such a cool it was just such a cool shot i really love that but oh, um, thank you that was one of the things that i i was thinking about when i was watching that was just like wow the transitions of this are are like so well done um and the camera whatever camera or cameras that you guys used man i mean it, it's it's very well done and professionally done, man. And the storyline was really good. Like I was trying to figure out, uh, Christian was the main character, mm-hmm. the painter. Yeah. I was, I was trying to figure out his vibe. Cause I, I, I kind of like, again, I don't want to spoil the ending for people, but I kind of felt sorry for him, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, he, and there's kind of a twist where it's like, Oh, this is, Oh no. Why is this happening to this guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it was, um, and then I read that it's like, you know, your concept for it was like a dark comedy. I'm like, well, that's, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. That's a, like, that's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to make something where like, um, it just kind of has like a bummer ending, but like, it still makes sense for like the characters. And uh, also in a sense, like without really giving anything away it, even though it's like a bummer ending, it is technically what the characters need um, in order to like, progress and grow and change and you know um yeah and i uh thank you so much about your your compliments about the shots and stuff um shout out to my friend uh bailey sholin uh he was the uh the cinematographer for that that project and um uh we were using a uh, black magic uh pocket 4k uh camera um and uh yeah he's like a a genius with lighting and um but uh yeah that that film is was really fun to work on um and and uh that shot that you were talking about with um the uh him painting and the 
the view in the background and stuff um that's like one of like the first like visuals that um i had like in my head for this thing of like this you know someone in a sheet uh that looks like a ghost you know painting in in uh against this giant view uh and uh and then just sort of formulated a story around that that shot idea yeah where where did that did that was that something that just one of those things it just it just popped in your head or or what do you think inspired that man um i think what inspired it was um because i wrote that script in april of 2020 um so like that was like kind of at like the beginning of the pandemic where it's like all right i'm not employed I have all this time on my hands. Let me, let me write a script. Um, and uh, I think it was like a year prior um, or no, maybe two years prior to that. Um, I had like a, a breakup um, that like was basically ended over text. Mm. Um, and I never responded to the, like the actual like breakup text because i just thought that was kind of disrespectful to uh uh like end a relationship uh just via text um so there's never like proper closure um and uh, i wanted to make something about uh sort of like reflecting on like why that relationship didn't work out um and then in my own sort of way like gain a sense of closure where like it's kind of like a time capsule where i've gotten all the the like feelings and uh thoughts and stuff about uh like reflecting on that relationship like put into this film and you know now i can like literally just put it on my shelf um and uh but at the same time too it's like the film isn't like autobiographical um there's a lot of liberties that, that I took with, with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just really wanted to make something, um, that was like, uh, that had like a bummer ending, um, where it's like technically like a, um, I mean, it's technically like a, a romance film, but, um, there's, there's nothing in it that's really actually romantic. So it's, it's kind of like a, a, my sort of commentary on romance and relationships and whatnot. Well, I, first I'm, I'm sorry you went through that, man. I, I actually, uh, it took me a while to open up a little bit about it on, on here on this podcast, uh, just cause I, I try to stay private, but at the same time, I'm like, if I'm, if I'm out there and I'm behind the mic, um, like I, I, I gotta be real with people too. You know I mean? We don't, mm-hmm we all have stuff, you know, you need to overshare and you want to be respectful. But like, I, I went through, uh, about nine months ago, like, uh, uh, I'll, you know, to be diplomatic, I'll just say that the end of our relationship was very unexpected and shocking for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a way I feel like this podcast has been a therapeutic medium for me not to, um, necessarily divulge what happened, but just have mm-hmm. that creative outlet and have yeah. somewhere for, those feelings to go, you know, and also just, mm-hmm. you know, exercise and stuff. So I think it's really cool and awesome, man, that you took, you know, a, a crappy 
end of, of something, you know, to break up with somebody that way, but you were able to express it creatively and do it in it, you know, and, and like, like you said, not autobiographically, but, but be able to have a creative medium and an outlet to do that. Cause I think it's so important, you know, whether it's a breakup mm-hmm. or a death, um, mm-hmm or losing a job, whatever, we all go through these things, right, on a daily basis. And, Mm -hmm. and I think being able to express yourself and do it in a healthy way, if you can do it in a creative way, the way you've done it, man, like, that's just that's like icing on the cake. So kudos to you, man, for being able to channel it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, for me, it's really, really important to like, uh, for the thing to be like, for the thing that I'm working on, um, to have like a reason as to why I'm doing it for like for myself personally. Um, and that reason, like, I don't have to like share with, with other people or anything, but um, like, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, it just needs to have like some sort of emotional resonance with me um, of something I'm trying to uh, get out of my system. Um, and, uh, and it, cause I I've done work before, like, like commission work, um where it's like a project that I'm not really like that passionate about um and it just feels like a uh like a chore you know to uh to do that sometimes um unless it has like some kind of like emotional uh connective tissue with uh with myself you know for sure man I mean did you find um just as somebody who's who's gone through uh you know obviously you know the, the ends of our uh, pr- prior relationships were different, but just, mm. um, just asking you this, like, did, did you find that you were able, cause I relate to you in the sense that I feel, I felt like, and I don't know, maybe people listening, to this can, can relate to it. Um, you know, you don't, especially when it's not what you wanted or not what you saw coming. I feel like you don't, you don't get that. You're not going to get that closure, Mm-hmm. the way that we envision it right or or the way that you do see in movies and stuff and and mm-hmm. i feel like i have found over these last i guess nine months or so now as, as of recording this uh that the closure that i've gotten is just like living my life you mm-hmm. know and and having these creative outlets like podcasting um to really work through it and obviously you know your close family and friends the people that you trust i mean i've got I can count on like one hand, the people that i really, really, really trust, you know? Same. Yeah. So did you find that that movie helped you kind of, like you said, sort of put it behind you or, or put it in a box and be able to set down like the, the things running through your head about like, what, what the hell is that? Why did that happen? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think <clears throat> um, a lot of the closure came from just like finishing the, the script, like the story. Um, and then doing the actual film um i've kind of found with like almost every film project i do like halfway through it i like my my main reason for wanting to get it done changes to like uh from like being really passionate about it to like oh geez i just want to get this thing done (laughs) um like uh like the editing me and you i had to i had to go over to a friend's house to uh to edit because uh, I, I use a laptop and um, my computer just did not have the capacity to uh, to export this film. And I had to go over there like three times um, to export this thing. And it'd be like, I would export it and then I'd watch it. And then, oh, geez, I misspelled someone's name in the credits. 
all right, I got to re-export the entire thing again. Oh man. Um, so like after doing that for like weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, I just, I get so like burnt out on a project that it's like, all right, I just want to get this like off my docket. Um, so like the, the whole closure thing with, with that project, that was like, I, I feel like I already felt that like before, um, really, uh, like getting into actually like assembling the film and everything. Cause then at that point, it's just like, all right, I just need to get this thing done. Um, so I can like justify, uh, you know, spending money on wardrobe and, um, you know, spending all this time, uh, with the actors and stuff, getting all the, the shots for the scenes and everything. And, um, yeah. So, so from, from start to finish, man, you know, for people out there, maybe, maybe people listen to this who, who want to get into like independent filmmaking and stuff. And I know every project is different. Um, but just in terms of putting that all together, I mean, all in all, um, how many people, I don't like to talk like Turkey necessarily like, Hey, Dylan, mm-hmm. how much money? Uh, but I mean, uh, yeah. but, but I guess more people focus. And I was actually reading an interview um, that you did with uh, James of unity collective. Oh and, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it, how do you say his last name? I, uh, I don't want to butcher mud, it. I think it's Mudrack. Is it Mudrack? Okay. I yeah. was going to say that, but I, I didn't want to butcher it. Um, but even in that interview, you know, you guys were talking about that collaborative process and getting people to, to buy into your vision too. I mean, mm-hmm. so rather than talk about the financial aspect of it, which I'm sure anybody listening to, you know, it is a labor of love to do, mm-hmm. to do this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people involved, man, how, how many people worked on me and you? Um, well, for the, um, the script that, that was solely just me, um, I would, I would show it to friends and stuff. And, um, uh, I have a friend named Randy that I would send scripts to and he would give me like really, really good notes um, because he, he does that um, professionally um, analyzing scripts and stuff uh, for, uh, for Sony. Um, and uh, he gave me a lot of really good notes for me and you. Um, and uh, so like that, then like the whole pre-production process of like, uh, figuring out the cast and uh, figuring out like the wardrobe and uh, all the like shooting locations and the technical stuff of like camera equipment, what lenses we're going to use, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> that uh, that's solely just me. Um, aside from like you know getting actors involved um, and then the the camera department stuff. Um, that is like mostly my friend Bailey um, and, uh, and then doing all the storyboards and stuff. Like I would do the storyboards myself. Um, they wouldn't be like super impressive, but they'd be good enough to be able to convey to, to Bailey, like, all right, this is what I have in mind for the shot um, and uh, how we're going to move the camera and stuff. Um, and then getting, getting the actors involved. <clears throat> um, all those actors are people that I've, uh, I've worked with before. Um, so, um, uh, Ainsley, uh, who plays Rose, um, like the, the second lead, um, uh, I worked on her or I, I worked with her on my, uh, first short film, uh, I have the witch and also my second one dynamica. And then, 
um, I had helped some friends, some like mutual friends of ours develop a TV show pilot episode. Um, and she was an actor on that set. So, um, a lot of like my early days of like filmmaking and stuff, um, like she was like involved in, um, and, uh, I kind of wrote the character specifically for her to play. Um, cause I, f I felt like she could, uh, like play someone that like feels vulnerable, but at the same time, like she does have like pretty good comedic timing. Um, and, uh, especially with, um, acting across from Zach, uh, who plays Christian. Um, I had met him on the set for that pilot episode. Um, and I just thought he was hilarious. And like, I've always wanted to, to work with him, um, on like my, one of my own projects. Um, and, uh, I'm so glad that he took the role cause he like, he pulled it off. Like the, the way he does the voice, like his like mannerisms and stuff. Um, and then, uh, my friend Keith, uh, he's a really good buddy of mine. Um, he plays uh, sauce. Um, I've known him for like a couple years now and I've done some music projects with him. Currently I'm producing his, uh, his like first album. Um, that should be getting done, uh, hopefully pretty soon. Oh, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then working with, um, the other two actors, Tanya and Gabriella, I worked with them on other sets or worked around them on other sets, uh, for like other friends projects. So it's, um, the, the whole cast, I was like already familiar with everyone. And, um, I think that that sort of allowed for us to just feel comfortable, um, you know, and uh, just, it, I remember like shooting that one, uh, like it didn't feel as, uh, as stressful because I, I really thoroughly enjoyed, uh, just spending time with all those people. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was really fun. <clears throat> yeah. It looks like you guys had a great time, man. So again, congrats on it. And, and sauce one, it was such a great, such a great character name, but what I love about that character too. And again, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, Right now, for everybody listening, you just close your eyes and, and just you just mentally picture like a guy with a guitar who's really just trying to serenade chicks and like you know what I mean, just just to get the girl. I mean, I mean, I yeah. don't want to be respectful. I maybe I shouldn't say chicks, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But <laughs> no, really, just good. a guy. But but you know what I'm talking about? Just a guy mm -hmm. who who's playing music, who's good, who's good, and he's handsome. And yeah. but but it's like his motive isn't really the songs. It's like. Who, who am I going to pick up at this show? Yeah, it, it's like what like 80% of musicians get into being a musician for, you know, like uh, they think that they're going to, uh, you know, attract uh, people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed working with Keith um, on, uh, on that character. Uh, um, and uh without really like giving anything away um the the inspiration for like the uh the way i wrote his character and like the progression of it um is like a hundred percent taken from uh frozen <laughs> from like the, the the prince charming in that you know um because i just i thought that that was such a funny like flip of a character trope where it's like you have this 
this character you have this character that has a dilemma you know in their relationship and then you bring in this other character that you think is going to be the answer to that uh that problem but then uh it turns out that that's a much bigger problem than <laughs> your initial one you know yeah. um so that was a really fun fun character to to just write and develop with uh with keith yeah all the all the actors were were great dylan i mean it was it was i i, I really enjoyed it man like uh and and i i got a I got to go back and watch it again and just to see if there's, if there's even little things that I miss. but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, all them people I, 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 that, that were in that, I, I really hope that they're, they're finding their footing because they, they all just did such a great job. I, I felt like everybody was supernatural. It really, it really, honestly, it felt like watching, like it felt like going on to Netflix and finding like a new show or like based on your suggestions and like this mm. crazy, algorithm that everybody has on us now or lately like they like know your like the the darkest parts of your soul and the funniest parts of it and it's like hey watch this and you watch it and you're like oh wow this is this is really fun like that when i watched that that's what i felt like i felt like i discovered something new that i know i could tell like people close to me who have similar sensibilities when it comes to like sense of humor and stuff that they Mm -hmm. like like that they would dig it too so if you listen to the show you probably have some sensibilities like me i guess but um, definitely check it out, but I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I hope all those actors, um, keep doing their thing, man, because they were all so great in it, like from the party scene. And again, I don't want to give too much away, but the party scene was great. The, the one-on-one scenes, like with the, with the relationship and sauce, like everybody really held their own and did a great job, man. It was really well done. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And thank you for, for watching it too. I really appreciate that. Of course, man. Yeah, no, trust me. Like when I bring people on, like I, one, I enjoy doing this. Um, and two, it's like, I just feel like it's disrespectful. Like I, I don't ever want to bring anybody on. And we've all seen those interviews, you know, um, where it's like, you can tell they didn't read the book or they didn't watch the movie yeah. or they didn't, they didn't yeah. listen to the album. And it's like, it's, it's, you could have pulled anybody in here to talk to this person. Like, I just, I feel like that's disrespectful. And like I said, I love doing this. I mean, this is my podcast. I mean, I, I don't even like to, I know that's like an expression like labor love, but to me, it's not a labor love because I love doing it. So of course, yeah, yeah you don't, you don't got to thank me for watching it, man. Cause I, and, I was going to check it out. Um, and, that, and like, that's so funny that you mentioned that. Uh, Cause like I've, I've been on like the receiving end of like, uh, you know, being uh being on something where like the other person didn't really do their research um and uh i i also do like the uh, the real verse magazine where uh similar to like what what you what you're doing um like i'm interviewing like musicians filmmakers uh artists and uh um i feel the same way where like to me it's like a no-brainer to like uh do your research and uh, even like figure out the stuff that like they've already been asked and like um, just try to uh, you know peel back the the onion a little bit more um, instead of like retreading stuff so uh, I think it's su- I think it's super cool that you brought up the um, the interview I did with uh, Jimmy um, on uh, the unified collective um, like I was not expecting you to to have, have read that that's so cool Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I enjoy doing my homework and um, like you said, 
partially too, like you don't want to retread. And again, like, I mean, cause we'll get into the, the album and stuff and thanks again so much for your time, Dylan. I'm really enjoying this man, but um, of course. Yeah. Cause, cause there's always going to be some overlap, but at the same time, I just want to make sure if somebody gives me their time that they have a good time talking, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that they enjoy the conversation. Um, you know, um, it's not, you know, for me, when, when the mic is on and, and, and we're both on like whoever I'm talking with, I, I just, I want them to have a good time and I want the listener to have a good time. So, and, and I love music and, and movies and like all that stuff. And when I was a kid, I was into comics and, and, uh, I still, I still wish I had a uh, quick aside and I do this a lot, but, um, I had a super venom action figure where you would press a button on his back and there'd mm-hmm. be like eight other heads that would like come up. It was so cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, I mean, if, I don't know, maybe it'd be like something out of the 40 year old virgin if people just came into my apartment now <laughs> and I just had toys and stuff everywhere, but I still, but it's weird. It's like, like, like kind of, uh, you know, a call back to what we were talking about earlier, the stuff that you love as a kid. Like I still love all that stuff now, as far as like, oh, yeah, same, like growing up, like I had like basically every single like star Wars action figure, like under the sun, like, yeah, like the background characters. I had those as action figures too. Um, and uh yeah i mean still to this day i wish that i like just kept them in the box or just kept them in general um so i can like put them on display and stuff like that but uh i think i i remember i was like 12 or something uh i just had like one day where i was like "Ah, enough of this like kid stuff i don't want to i don't want to have like toys and stuff in my room like that's not cool and i gave all my action figures to uh my brother and uh he would like you know uh like draw stuff with like sharpie on them oh man (laughs) messed up some of like the uh like stormtroopers and clone troopers that i had and um but uh but for me like uh i kind of viewed it as like a growing up kind of thing but but in hindsight I, i really wish that i i kept those um but I still, I still do like, uh, some light collecting of, uh, like, um, nerd stuff that I like. Um, but I'm not like a super big collector. <clears throat> yeah. There's stuff in my apartment where I'm like, I probably like, you know, you go through clothes and stuff and you're like, man, I probably should like some stuff. I'm like, I haven't worn that in like, and I don't even have like a like a crazy wardrobe or anything i'm not like necessarily into fashion like i but like i'm still like a t-shirt and jeans guy it's it's just funny to me though because like band shirts are very i mean you know as a musician but it's like they're like super like in vogue like like everybody you know what i mean and like and 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 i try not to be a music snob where you know you pass somebody on the street and you're like come on man like can you really name me like four songs from that record? Even two, yeah. give me two. But I'm also like, Hey, it's like, that's an advertisement for that band. Like Metallica's not complaining that people are walking around with master puppet shirts on. That's, yeah. that's a free billboard for them. But I think the one thing that I still, I guess you could say that I collect and I've actually taken it easy on it because it's like, again, I'm in a one bedroom apartment and you start going, this is, this is just a little excessive, but it's sneakers. Cause I also really love basketball uh. And I used to draw shoes as a kid. I was like all the way in on that. And I grew up middle class. So it wasn't like every time a new pair of Jordans came out, like I was getting the latest shoes or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I still love basketball. And so, um, and I still pay attention to that stuff. And so like, I still follow sneaker websites and 
that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But once I got to like 20 pairs of shoes, I'm like, okay, this is like, when you walk in, I'm like, there's nowhere for anybody else to put their yeah, shoes yeah. because all of mine are sitting there. And then I got more <laughs> in the closet, but that's the one thing I would say, um, that I still kind of nerd out on would be shoes. And I, and I still love like band t-shirts. I, I have shirts now that, um, I'll probably never get rid of. Like, I remember I, I, before I learned how to do laundry properly, uh, I shrunk the bejesus out of, um, a Metallica shirt from their tour in 2009. And on that leg, they were with machine head and the sword. I don't know if the sword, I feel like they kind of went on a hiatus, like a stoner kind of uh, rock band. Um, Mm -hmm. but they, they were on that leg. So anyway, I had this shirt and it was like art. It was just a t-shirt for that, for that concert, you know, it had the dates on the back and stuff. And I shrunk the heck out of it in the, in the wash and I gave it to my sister and kind of like you're talking about how you gave your toys to your, your brother, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you just want somebody to love it the way that you love it, you know? And I yeah, just told yeah. my sister, I was like, don't you ever get rid of this t-shirt. She's like, Mike, I promise I won't. I was like, don't ever get rid of this shirt, wear it in good health, you know, because yeah. she's more petite than, than me. So it's, it's not a medium on her. Like it is for me. Does, uh, does she still have it? She does. She does. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's big. Uh, uh, shout out, Kaylin. I love you. Um, Nirvana, you know, so I think she still mm-hmm. got some Nirvana shirts um, from like when she was in high school. Um, oh, that's awesome. I had an ex ex girlfriend. Boy, I probably should. I, I shouldn't be petty on this, Dylan, and I won't. But I, I will <laughs> say this. I had an, my first ex girlfriend. <laughs> Hopefully there's not too many more. I remember yeah. her saying to me one time in college, she was like, are you going to wear like, are you going to be like 30 years old? wearing this stuff. And I was like, yes, yes. I enjoy this stuff. I like, I, yeah, I, like I'll put on a suit, but I'm comfortable in a t-shirt and jeans, man. Yeah. Um, and it turns out all these years later, they're actually worth money too. So I guess I won that one. Oh, nice. Was yeah, that I, too petty? Sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> um, but uh, to relate to your, your uh, band t-shirt story, um, uh, when uh, Blink-182 did their like reunion tour, back in 2009 um i went to one of their shows in i think it was chula vista um and uh, i got one of the shirts and like uh i too back then did not know how to properly like take care of you know clothing when you're washing it um so like like all the ink on it got cracked and like just faded and just like all like the like you wouldn't you can't even read like the the tour dates um or like the cities or anything um and i ended up just like donating the shirt because it just uh yeah like did not resemble at all like what it what it once was but um yeah now now i know how to properly like maintain my clothing yeah (laughs) yeah it's probably hanging in a vintage store somewhere in california going for like 78 bucks and some (laughs) some 16 year old who's getting into this pop punk resurgence is gonna gonna fork out some some lawn mowing money on it yeah yeah it's gonna be like it looks vintage you can't even read the tour dates you know it's like a selling point now (laughs) well just transitioning into into music um since Mm -hmm. since i my my brain uh and my diversions took us there and thank you for for being patient with my diversions but um i really enjoyed the straw man like i uh i really thank you the ebb and flow of that record uh is is really cool and and i can tell that like you're a filmmaker listening to it because it, it almost has some like 
like like like a storyline and sort of a cinematic vibe to it at points. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I would say some of my favorites are probably Cut and Run, um, Crescent Moon Avenue, Menthol. I mean, there's some words at the end, but I, I would say that's basically an instrumental, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I was gonna make that into like an actual song with you know lyrics and a verse and a chorus and all that stuff um but uh uh where it's placed in in the uh, the record i thought that uh it'd be cool to just like let just the music breathe yeah and um for for me to just like shut up for a song <laughs> um and and also like with the the sound effects that are in it um of like the lighting the cigarette and stuff like that the song is supposed to act as like um like a smoke break you know yeah uh like because i know that like at like uh during plays and stuff like during intermission uh that's when a lot of people will like go outside for a quick cigarette or something so that's sort of what the concept was with um just having it be instrumental and then um at the end of that song that's that's my friend bailey um and uh that was supposed to be like the main chorus of the song that was going to repeat, but we thought it'd be cooler if it was just uh, like the smoke break thing. And then just that, uh, that verse at the end. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> but thank, thank you for checking out the, uh, the record too, by the way. Um, oh, you're welcome, man. Yeah. I I'm always into, into checking out new music and there's a couple of, um, I think there's a couple of different different slingshots out there because when you sent me the link, um, I got all your guys' stuff. And then um, and then I noticed I was like, because at first I just Googled slingshot. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm down. I love the name. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to get into this. And it was like totally different. And then I so then part of me was like, OK, is this is this Dylan's work, too? Or is it somebody? And I think it was somebody else. But but then you yeah. also did uh, Trapped in Oblivion right yes. that what that was you okay yes yeah because i i checked that one out too which came out in the middle of the pandemic and and why i want to encourage people to check out slingshot and if you check out the other slingshot too that's that's fine man but like your stuff i really dug because trapped in oblivion has a completely different vibe than, mm-hmm. than the straw man you know there's some mm-hmm. rapping on there like it's 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 talking about being in, in the quarantine you know when when that mm-hmm. was all starting so um again i think it's just tapped into uh, even though this is the first time we've talked, I, I feel like it's very, I guess you could say on brand for what you do because it's, it's very diverse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's different modalities in it, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you don't got to thank me, man. I mean, I appreciate it, but like, I love music and I love checking out new music and, and um, what I loved about, you know, trapped in oblivion and the straw man is like, they definitely have vibes to them, but there's alti- also kind of like a multi-dimensional vibe within the record itself, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, th- my big goal with slingshot was, um, cause like I, I had been in other bands, like when I was in high school that were like very like genre specific where like, um, like the very first band I was in, uh, public exos, that was basically just like, uh, a blink 182, like ripoff kind of thing where it's like, there's three of us, me playing guitar like i would sing and then our bass player would also sing so like same exact formula (laughs) and like the way that we would write songs was very similar where it's just like a couple simple power chords um 
and then the band after that was uh strip your colors and that's where like we brought in a lot of like post-hardcore elements into like the pop punk sound um like uh being like heavily inspired by bands like a day to remember um or like four years strong like pop punk music with breakdowns basically yeah um and then after that that was like the last high school band i was in then in like post high school uh i was in this like beach like surf rock band called con um that was like uh pulling from bands like uh um like why can't i think of their name oh uh bands like dive uh or like mac demarco um like that kind of stuff and um and then after that like i when i made slingshot uh, i wanted something where um i was like the the sole like creative behind it uh but i could still like collaborate with other people and bring other people in and also at the same time not be like tied down to a genre um because like I've, i've been in bands before where like during like writing sessions or something it's like oh no we can't we can't do that because uh we're not that kind of band you know um so i i just don't like uh <clears throat> like being put in a box or like having limitations to um what i can do creatively so the whole concept with slingshot was um that uh i could have as much creative control as i as i want um but uh be able to you know do like a a rap song and um but at the same time also be able to do like slow like indie ballad kind of sounding stuff um but i do make like a a conscious effort to try making it sound like um uh, it's all coming from the same source um that uh even though it's like weaving through all these different genres and like um, there still has like a main signature kind of sound uh, to it. Yeah. And I, I think you really pulled that off successfully, man. Cause, cause especially like, again, with, with trapped in oblivion and the straw man, like they're, they're two totally different vibes, but there's also mm-hmm. kind of like a through line through it all where there's definitely, when you listen to those records, like it's, it's a vibe. And like I said, they kind of play out like movies. Cause even in the straw man, you kind of have like that intro track before it goes into, I think cut and run is the, is the, mm-hmm. the next one right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I dug it, man. And also the artwork was cool. And I know in um, uh real verse magazine, that was the, uh, the artist of the season, right. Was uh, yeah. Preston uh, Vega. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Preston. Yeah. He did a phenomenal job um, with uh, the artwork. And I, I just sent him like a, a really crappy sketch that I did of uh, just a, a scarecrow guy. And um, I think, I think he came up with the idea of doing like the, uh, the swirl, like uh, eyes on the, uh, the straw man. Um, yeah. He's, he's a fantastic uh, painter uh, and an illustrator, just artist in general and a, a really cool dude. Yeah, I gotta I gotta put his link in the in the podcast description too for this episode because I want people to to check out his work. But uh yeah, I and I saw the 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 pictures and stuff even on Instagram of like the the album because you did you guys did vinyl, right? For for the straw man? Oh no, I just made um CDs. Oh, it was just CDs? Okay. I didn't know if I, it was a vinyl sleeve or not, but it was cool. 
I did look into vinyls. Um, okay. And I just thought it wasn't, um, it wouldn't be like cost effective to yeah. in, invest in like, I think like the minimum was like a hundred or like 150 or something like that. And like, okay. Geez, what, what am I going to do with 150, you know, presses of, of these vinyls, you know? Um, but instead I, I just, instead of like that problem, now it's a problem of like, okay, now I have like 50 CDs um, that uh, are just sitting on a shelf right now. Um, but, uh, but my whole thing with every project is uh, I love having a physical copy yeah. of the thing I made, not for like selling or anything like that. Like I usually end up doing that. Um, but for me, like the hugest reward um, is to be able to physically like hold it in my hand and like look at it and, you know, um, just knowing that like something that was just a idea in my head is now like in physical form. Um, so uh, yeah, making the CDs was more for myself than it was for like trying to turn a profit on it or something. Well, I'll dude, I'll buy one from you. We'll we'll do that. I'll get it done because I, I thought I thought it turned out great. And um and I feel like that would be a great driving record too, man. Like that's an awesome road trip album because it just takes you on a trip. But but the artwork was really cool. Did um did Preston do the uh the artwork as well for the the C D as well? Uh like- yeah. Yeah, he did um uh a total of two pieces. Um he did uh the the front cover and then the uh, the back cover with like the the ears and the the straw on the ground and stuff yeah and um you know as far as conceptually for that like what what is the if, if you want to divulge on that you don't have to because i know i know too there's musicians who like to to leave it open to interpretation uh, you know for the listener like i think i've heard chino from deftones say that like lyrically he just kind of it's like kind of like everything doesn't have like a specific meaning and it's just kind of what the listener interprets but um but uh, what 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 was like the the concept? If you want to talk about that, as far as uh, or if you just want to leave it open to interpretation for the straw man. Um, I mean, I, I definitely do have like a specific reason for like the uh, the name of the the album and um, um, like a whole concept behind it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as as far as like the and there's kind of like multiple layers to it, so. Um, as far as like the, the concept behind the artwork was, um, there's a couple, a couple different things. One was, um, I thought, uh, I thought it'd be cool to like, um, basically like what you're seeing is like the, um, the end of the, the storyline where like, um, the straw man doesn't want to hear it anymore and like rips out his ears and sets himself on fire. Um, and, uh, the idea behind that was, um, what inspired making this album was, uh, um, I had like a, uh, a falling out, uh, with, with a friend that, um, referred to me as, as a straw man. Um, and uh i just thought it'd be funny to like um fully like embrace that and like turn that into like a positive kind of thing um and uh so the idea of like ripping out the ears is like 
all right, like I don't I don't need to hear you anymore. Um, and uh, the whole like playing with with fire is because um, like on the front cover the the straw man is holding a match which can be dangerous for a man made of straw um, and uh, the whole uh, doing this this record was um, it was the first time on a slingshot record where I I do all the vocals um, there's still guest vocalists like my friend summer my friend uh, Chris Sia um, and uh, my girlfriend Cheyenne even features on uh, Crescent Moon Avenue, um, and uh, <clears throat> she's got a great voice. Oh yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely voice. Um, but uh, so like for me, like doing the the vocals and stuff was like, um, like I personally don't think I have that great of a voice. Um, I think I can make it work with the the music and like how it's being presented. Um, but for me, I was pretty nervous about like, um, you know, doing the vocals and, and also like putting it out there and writing all the lyrics. Cause all those songs mean something, you know, personal to me. Um, and, uh, so like, to me, it felt like I was like playing with fire, you know, like, um, talking about things and like venting about things that, um, in the songs aren't uh, incredibly specific. Like I sort of wrote the lyrics to be uh, like, you know, someone can listen to it or read the lyrics and in have their own context for it. Like the idea is that, um, you know, in a lot of pop song structures, like with the, the way that they uh, form, like the, the lyric lines is uh, it's meant to be like copied and pasted onto someone else's life. And um, in in the straw man, there's a lot of themes that I think that people can relate to, and uh, I wanted to be able to like vent those things, but make them in a way and present them in a way uh, that can can be copied and pasted onto someone else's context, you know. Well, I, I think you got to give yourself more credit, man, because I, I think you got a great voice, and uh, <laughs> lyrically, I thought it came out really well. Um, and, and and like you said, just the, the you know, the people that were on it. Is that the same Bailey that was working on the the, the yeah. film with you too? Yeah, yeah. It's like you guys got like a cool creative group, man. Um, but but again, uh, the links will be in the podcast description for everybody listening. But definitely definitely check that out. Um, and in the time we have left, man, uh, and it's cool if we go a little over. I know I told you I keep yeah. you to like like five fifteen your time, but I'm having a good time talking to you. So uh, oh, same same yeah, we can keep going. I'm I'm cool with whatever. Sweet man, uh, I try not to keep you too much longer, but um, but yeah, I I love I love how that I I just I lo- I love albums that take you on a trip. Um, mm-hmm. One that I I don't know I think from what you've said that you you might like it. Um, and I tell everybody about this record because I feel like it's like one of those lost gems because it was mm-hmm. just it, was, it ended up being a one off, and I don't know if that was ever the intention or not, but it's a it's a the the name of the album. It's just a self-titled record uh, from a band called Monstro, and it came out in 2011. And uh, I loved the artwork. Um, I think it was the guitarist who maybe even did the artwork for the album. But the the bass player on that record, his brother, uh, Troy Sanders, uh, is in Mastodon. 
who I love. Mastodon's like one of my favorite uh, metal bands, just favorite bands in general. I just love what they do. Um, I actually saw them at the Ryman here in Nashville, which was really cool because it's like an old school venue. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like country and rock and roll. And it was just like a full blown Z metal show a few years yeah. ago there. It was great. But um, but anyways, like just the musicianship is really good. Um, and all of the songs, I think they're all like name, like pretty much all of them, I think are named, um, or several of them are like Greek gods, you know, um, like, I think there's like Apollo, I think might be one of them. Gosh, Mm -hmm. now, but anyway, um, as we're talking about like, you know, albums and concepts and stuff, that's just one that I thought I'd throw out there for you and the listeners, if you guys aren't familiar, because, um, I think it's up your alley. It's just, just kind of a cool sort of almost like a psychedelic rock record. I really enjoy it. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I love like concept albums or concept EPs like, um, like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I love that. Like um, I love how that album can sync up to not just the Wizard of Oz, but also you can sync it up to The Force Awakens. And it's like scary, like how well those <laughs> things sync up. But um, other cool concept albums are like, I remember when I was into like, like metal and like more into like post hardcore and stuff. Like, um, the the Devil Wears Prada put out the uh, the zombie EP, um, where everything like had like you know like zombie apocalyptic like sound effects and the themes lyrically and you know just the whole presentation of it. I thought was so cool um and uh yeah so that's definitely with with slingshot there's there's always a like um uh like a concept or a theme behind it um before trapped in oblivion um i put out an ep called uh sugar and that whole ep was about like um like it's like a storyline of um a uh, a girl getting into like the adult film industry but like presenting that in a musical way um which is like a very like taboo kind of like subject matter and i was fortunate enough to like um have uh my friend summer winstead uh believe in believe that what i was doing wasn't like creepy or weird um that there is like an actual like you know story and uh you know something behind it um but uh yeah and then trapped in oblivion was all about like the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff and then the straw man has its own storyline which um i'm starting to explore in uh the form of like music videos and uh uh starting to do more like uh live performance uh stuff um where there can kind of be like a storyline that weaves in between all that yeah, because you you were doing that with uh, is it called the Bernie sessions? If my memory yeah. serves me right, yeah. Because yeah. the, the same kind of artwork for the album is it you that's wearing like the mask and the yeah the, yeah, the yeah. glasses and the wig and yeah all that stuff yeah I, it, I it, it it blew me away like how close it was to the to the artwork in like a physical form. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I I thought it'd be cool to like, um, I don't know, like uh. I thought it it would make um, the whole like stage fright thing uh, make it go away by like changing my appearance for those performances. Um, And I I will say like trying to play guitar 
wearing those glasses is really difficult because <laughs> um, they have just like these really tiny, um, tiny holes to look through. So like, I don't have like a whole lot of peripheral vision to like, you know, be looking down at what chord I'm playing and stuff. Um, so uh, um, I, I definitely like, I have like a whole plan for the, the straw man stuff, but then the next slingshot, uh, record or EP or whatever form it takes. Um, definitely not going to do something where I have to wear those glasses every time I perform. Um, <laughs> it'll be, you know, <laughs> different concept. Yeah, it, it was cool, man. And and again, the way that was shot too was really was really well done. Watching watching some of those, um, I think it's really cool. You know, especially with the theme of this podcast being perseverance and moving forward, man, I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. Like, um, just and and I think the through line in, in the conversation that that we're having, Dylan, with you too, is like, I really think you exemplify the meaning of this podcast in terms of March fourth and persevering and moving forward because you've taken whether it was heartbreak or a falling out with a friend, you've you've found ways to one have a creative outlet in it. Mm-hmm. But I also think too, and it's, it's something I need to do a better job of, of like, how can I find the humor in this? You know what I mean? And, and I think that's really important, man, because there's times where I, I really get up in my head and I've talked on this show a little bit about the anxiety issues that I have and that I'm working through and like therapy has helped and like, but like, I'll have these obsessive compulsive tendencies or I'll, I'll feed these thoughts. And it's like, then eventually you get to a point where you exhaust yourself and you got to take a step back and you go, okay. Like, what's the absurdity in, in all of this? And 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 I think when I kind of take that approach with some things where it's like, like, I take the podcast seriously, I take my job seriously, I take my family seriously, but you can't really ever take yourself too seriously. And sometimes mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're so tapped out emotionally. Um, that's the only thing you really have to go back to is like, I got to be able to find the comedy in this somehow. Cause you're either like yeah. laughing or crying at the end of the day. And I think that's mm-hmm. like the cool through line about what you've done is like, you have these creative outlets, but you've also been able to find like the humor in it. And um, I just think mm-hmm. that's really cool. I don't even know if there's really a question in there, man, but I just think oh, that's really cool. No, I, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's a, a cool way of, um, of looking at it. And like, uh, I, I definitely try to like, like I was mentioned before, like, um, every project needs to have some kind of like emotional connection to the, uh, to myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, just being able to turn, turn a negative into a positive, um, and have that like, like physical, like time capsule thing, you know, to refer to like 10, 20 years from now, um, just for myself, um, is very like therapeutic. Um, and, uh, and sort of like captures like um just like the the growth too of like um like the the production quality of the the straw man album i think is like nowhere near compared to the stuff that i'm doing for uh keith's album um just it just sounds a lot better it sounds like um like more uh just like uh professional and like um so just being able to like always you know keep one eye on the stuff I've done in the past but like one eye on the future uh and how I can continue to to grow uh as like 
like an artist or just as a person and like explore myself and um, like emotionally and uh, figure out ways to like um, express all these different things and stuff, I think is, is something that I'll probably just continue to do uh, forever uh, until I can't anymore, you know? Yeah, man. Are there any, um, before we wrap it up, like, uh, mm-hmm. are there any creatives that, that you look up to, whether it's in film or, and I, and maybe not necessarily people where you're like, you know, you want to emulate, emulate them or mimic mm-hmm. them, but just people where you have a, like a, a respect for, for the craft and the art that they do. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like, um, geez, like way too many people. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Like, I always sprung that one on you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, uh, I, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to uh, give shout outs to, to these people, but like, yeah, like people like, uh, like Bailey is an incredible artist, like, um, incredible cinematographer, great writer, director, musician, like all around just, you know, master of the arts. Um, my buddy Keith, incredible, talented musician, um, uh, seeing like seeing them and being involved with their stuff is always inspiring um and uh yeah just seeing like what like my friends in their bands uh like um my friend Braxton he's in this band uh, called Shred Bundy that I did a music video for um and uh he's also in another band called Zulu and they're now going to be playing this like huge festival with like the strokes and Mac DeMarco and Earl sweatshirt and um, like uh, seeing stuff like that, where it's like, Oh shit. Like it is possible to like come from here and uh, which is a small town in Southern California and like be able to do like uh, bigger things. Um, And uh, like growing up, like, um, one of my neighbors was uh, Chris Allen, the uh, guitarist for this band called Neon Trees. Um, and like, they've been, they've played shows with like the Killers, they've been on the radio and like, yeah. Um, and I, I took swim lessons at it, at his mom's house. So it's like, oh, wow. Seeing that like, you can um, like come from like, you know, humble uh, suburban beginnings and make something with like your art and like uh you know give like your uh your creative drive like purpose and like have that actually lead to something is like super super inspiring um and uh yeah so i like to name a couple other people like um like summer winstead she has her band uh in dahlia they've been playing shows and stuff and um seeing uh like my friend uh steven arepas he's a film director um he just finished his first like feature length film um and it looks really good like i i did the uh the music for it so i got to watch the film a couple hundred times um like scene by scene but like uh like yeah just seeing like just watching like all like my like creative artistic friends like progress and and grow as artists and like better themselves with every project and um just like up the ante every time uh is really really inspiring 
to uh to watch and like to also be growing amongst you know that's that's really cool to hear all that dylan especially like like you're talking about i think having that experience you know um you know taking swim lessons with you know the mom of somebody who ended up in like neon trees like as soon as you said i'm like oh yeah i know neon trees like they have quite the following they've been Mm -hmm. along around a while um but to know that it's tangible and also like you said with your creative friends too your fellow creatives it's like you know I feel like so much of, of what we do, even I think we were even talking about this before I hit record. Um, so much of what we do now is measured in, in likes or followers or, mm-hmm. you know, how many downloads do you have? How many subscribers do you have? All that stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't, isn't important, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think what's been cool for me as somebody starting out in this too, I've been able to connect and no matter where this podcast goes, I still want to, I still want to, be able to give a voice to all the the great independent, you know, creators and artists like yourself, where it's like, there's so much good music and good art and good filmmaking out there. And being able to be in a position where I I can help give a voice to that is is something I always want to do. You know, I mean, yeah, would it be awesome to, to have like a Spotify deal? Mm -hmm. Like, of, of course that would be cool, but not not just to get paid doing something you love to do, but but to, to be able to have a, a platform where where you can do what like like you're talking about having the creative freedom to do all these different things and have mm-hmm. the creative control to make the album flow that the way that you want or create the storyboard that you want, create the film that you want. And I think it's cool that in your, you know, just to tie in all these crazy thoughts I'm having right now um, and make it sound coherent for you and everybody listening. I think it's cool that you've been able to see one that is tangible with the experience you had with, with neon trees, but also the fact that as creatives, you just, you just got to keep doing what you love to do. You know, like um, you were talking about the episodes that I've done. Like that's one thing that I really try to heart myself on is, is being consistent doing these shows. Um, and, and also having the opportunity to talk to people that are independent. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's awesome. Um, I love it because I, I meet other people who I feel like are like-minded. So it's actually kind of cool, I guess, being quote unquote underground, even as yeah. like a podcaster, because it's like having these conversations like this is so much fun. And it's like you're doing all these cool things and you have all these friends that are doing all these creative things. And like to me, that's really what it's about. It's about pursuing the things that you love, because I think there's a lot of people that um, and I'm sure, you know, some of them personally, you mm-hmm. know, like we all know, like there's people that are really good at things, but they they, whether it's because somebody else tells them they shouldn't be doing it anymore or whatever, they take a more practical route. They kind of give up on that, that itch that they were scratching as a kid. And, and there's, I think the lesson to be learned for any creative person out there is you just got to keep doing the stuff that you love to do. I mean, we all got to eat, we all got to pay bills. Mm -hmm. We all got to keep the lights on and the water running and and keep food in the fridge. And if you have a family, you got to feed your family. Like we all got to work, man. But um, it's important to keep chasing down those creative things. We wouldn't have star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't, we wouldn't have neon trees. We wouldn't have blink 182. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the straw man. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't have mm-hmm. me and you. So, um, I don't know if any of that made sense, but I just oh, yeah. think it's really cool that, um, that you're doing what you love to do, man. Like if, if people take something out of this, it's like pursue those things, you know, everybody starts somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really, really important to like, um, like 
to just <clears throat> just follow you know what you're passionate about and like what um like uh what like fulfills you you know um whether that's like creatively or spiritually or whatever um and uh to just not give up on it and like to to know like you know the reason why you're doing it isn't to like become successful or like make money or like whatever like to um I don't know just come at peace with like that like kind of like what you're talking about like that creative itch and like understanding like why it is that like uh you want to do this thing and why it is that you're like passionate about this thing um and uh, to just not give up on it uh because like my my whole thing my whole like philosophy on it is like if if you make enough shit someone will eventually smell it you know (laughs) yeah yeah um and uh so like for me like there's so many like different um like creative things that I just love. Like I love movies. I love music. I, um, the whole idea behind like doing the magazine was, um, I was like going through some like old magazines that I had and I was like flipping through it and I was like, Oh wow, there's actually like an art form to like doing like the page layouts and all that stuff. And I just thought it'd be cool to like, like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had like my own magazine that I put together and like, use some of the things that like I'm noticing in this magazine and like implement them in this. And um, like, for me, I just, I want to like, I love all things art and like creative. And uh, I would like to, before my time is up, like be able to have tackled like all of it. Like eventually, like I want to like, like design like my own clothes or like do a play. Um, like uh just do anything and everything creative under the sun um at least take like a chance at or like a try at you know trying to pull something like that off um just because uh i i I love that stuff it's really cool man and it's really admirable too dylan because uh i again i just think not quitting on the stuff that you love is so important in life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and one of the people that I admire the most in my life, as far as that, and we're talking about all of, uh, you know, these things that are there since childhood is my brother, Greg, he's a, he's a commercial airline pilot. And I want to say probably as early as like, I think I was maybe, if I really think back on it, probably first grade, maybe kindergarten, somewhere mm-hmm. in between the ages of six and eight and he's two years older than me, I remember him being into planes, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, he wasn't really into sports like I was. He always loved planes. He would build model airplanes. He would, uh, he would play flight simulator, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and before 9-11, you know, and one thing that I always respected about my dad, who, who is a big sports fan, once he saw my brother, like, didn't enjoy sports, he didn't make him keep playing it. He just mm-hmm. said, look, like he goes, if you don't want to play anymore, that's cool. But you're not just going to like walk out on the team. Like you're going to go to practice and tell your coach, you're not going to be part of the team anymore. Mm-hmm. But what was cool and what I respected about my dad was 
as fun as it was for me to go to a hockey game, he know he knew that 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 was as fun for for Greg to take him to the you know to the airport with you know a pair mm-hmm. of binoculars and watch planes flying. Mm-hmm. And that's before nine eleven and all the security restrictions and stuff. That's what we do. We would go get like rallies in other parts of the country for y'all. It, for down here in the south, it's checkers. Um, I still haven't had In and Out Burger and all that where y'all are from anyway. But yeah. it's probably a whole different conversation. <laughs> but but we would we go get like rallies or whatever, and we would drive up to Detroit Metro Airport. Um, I remember doing that multiple times. Or we go to you know Toledo, um, you know Toledo's airport, and we would park you know, a couple streets away close to where the runway was. And my brother loved that. He loved watching and he'd be like, Oh, it's an L 10 11. That's a, you know, 747. And he got his private pilot's license before he graduated high school. And he flew privately for, for a couple of different uh, companies for, for a little bit and was doing flight lessons and stuff. And then I think it's almost four or five years ago. Now he, he got his job with frontier airlines. And so oh, I always so cool. admired that. Cause it was like, I try to, you know, I try to think about like, who are the people that I know that like the thing they wanted to do when they were, you know, seven and mm-hmm. they had that innocence and it just came from a place of purity. Like how many of those people are actually doing what they love to do as adults? And he freaking did it, man. To me, it's like a cheat code on life. So mm-hmm. I think it's really admirable that you are, you have the gumption to do it and you're also sticking to it. And you're, you're not afraid to just dip your toes into all these different avenues, whether it be filmmaking. And I know we haven't talked a lot about, I got to get you back on so we can talk more about real verse magazine and, um, and these other things that you're working on and producing people. And I just think it's really cool, man. I I admire people who are going for the things that they love. Cause I think that's so important. You know, if we get one life to live, maybe you believe in Nirvana, you don't, or whatever Mm -hmm. you're, you know, people listen to this, you know, but if we really do get one life to live, man, like the older I get, and I'm going to be 34 soon, it's just like, it really hits me how important it is to to do those things that you love. Cause that's the stuff that really makes you feel alive, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's super important to like surround yourself with, um, people that, uh, support like, you know, your interests and like, um, what it is that you're passionate about. Like, uh, I, I feel so lucky to like, have people like uh keith and bailey and summer um and uh i have another friend brandon who like does a lot of artwork and stuff um for a lot of the projects that i do and um yeah just having people like within your circle that like believe in what you're doing um and uh are willing to like support you is like such a huge like uh huge thing like i i remember um like uh like when i was doing like the final mixes for the straw man i was having like second thoughts on like the the mixes and like the levels and stuff like that and um i called up summer and like i would send her a song she would listen to it and then she'd call me and then we just talk about it give me notes and stuff or like uh, reassure me that like no like this mix does sound fine like you're just overthinking that um and uh yeah just it's it's so important to have like whatever it is that you're into whether that's like hockey or watching planes or like if you're into like bird watching or whatever like to just uh surround yourself with people that don't necessarily have like the same exact interests but like 
are willing to like uh uh in- enable you to like be into whatever it is that you're into like um i've been a part of like creative groups where there was limitations on like what i'm allowed to to make and um you know uh being in an environment like that is not inspiring you know it's like you're like uh at that point like like i don't ever want to do something that feels like i'm doing like a paint by numbers or like trying to like uh appease someone else's creative vision um uh like in a um in a way that like makes me feel like uh like I don't have anything good to offer, you know, like I like being involved in, uh, in, in projects and like being heavily involved in like the creative aspects of it. Um, so yeah, I, <clears throat> it's kind of a long winded thing, but, um, yeah, I think it's really important to surround yourself with like just positive people. No, man, it, it totally makes sense. And you, you don't gotta, you know, worry about being long winded. I feel like, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning how to be concise, more concise, man, but no, that was a, that was a great answer. Um, and yeah, I think whatever it is that you do and you touched on a really, a really cool thing. And I think it's a cool place to, to put a button on this man is just, mm-hmm. um, knowing your why and, 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 and the reason for doing something is, is so important, you know? And I feel like for anything creative, if you, like to tie it back into the sauce character, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing music because you just want to, you know, you know, attract humans to you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some people that just, they're naturally talented songwriters and they, and they're making millions and that's, and that was their motivation. And they're, they're living in a, you know, Beverly Hills mansion right now. Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority of people, if that was their motivation going into it, it probably wouldn't work out because eventually yeah. people are going to be like, I've heard those three chords before. I've heard that song mm-hmm. structure before. I can name six bands that sound like that. But yeah. it's the people that are like, hey, I just, I can't put these turntables down or I was banging on pots and pans when I was four. And my parents were like, all right, we'll get you a drum set. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or, or like you said, like, since you were a kid, you, you, you remember that, that you still remember that plastic e guitar, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I feel that way about what I do. Like, you know, like I said, would it be cool if, if eventually this, this grew and grew and grew? Yeah. But I would still like, you know, have independent artists on my show. And I would still just, I would just be t- I would feel like, like my brother being a pilot, if I ever, you know, got to a point where this thing grew and grew and grew, that's how I would feel. I would just feel like, wow, I like, this is like a cheat code. Like, I can't believe mm-hmm. it got to the point, you know, or like you said, you know, with, with neon trees, like you watched a neighbor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like do all these things, but the motivation for what you're doing is your love to do it. And the motivation for what I do is my love to do it. It's not because mm-hmm. I want to be famous or because I want to get sponsors or because I, you know, would those things be, I mean, I don't like fame kind of freaks me out to be honest with you. Oh, I don't, same. Yeah. I don't like rec. I've still struggle with recognition and even comp like learning how to take compliments from people. You know same. what I mean? Same. Like it's, yeah. it still almost makes me feel uncomfortable in a way. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's, I don't do this cause I like the sound of my own voice. I do it cause I just love having 
talks with people and hearing their stories and sharing them with, with people in the hopes that it inspires them to chase their dreams, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think just do stuff because you love to do it and don't worry about the other stuff, you know, put in the work, put in the 10,000 hours. And like you said, you know, that quote you had earlier, you know, if you make, (laughs) if you make enough crap, somebody's going to spell it. I've never heard it put that way before, but I loved it, (laughs) but it's true. It's like, um, you just, you just can't quit on yourself, man. So Mm -hmm. I, I hope you don't, man. And I hope your friends don't, I really love what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you, man. And thank you so much for, uh, having me on, on your show. And, um, yeah, just give me an opportunity to to talk about this stuff. It's really cool. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you for being cool. Cause I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, man, I've kept him over like 30 minutes later. And what I said, oh, I was going to keep him over. It's all good, man. Uh, and I was like flies. 10 minutes late getting on here, trying to connect, but, um, I'll put up the links in the podcast description. And again, we didn't even get into who, but that's another short film that I want people to check out. The links will be in the podcast description. There's another cool twist in that one and you directed it. And, uh, Again, the acting in that one was really great. The storyline mm-hmm. was was cool. Um, I didn't expect the ending in that one either. Um, Real Verse Magazine. I, I'll put up the links to everything, man. But um, the floor is yours, man. Plug whatever you want to plug. Um, let's see. Um, right now, I have uh, a couple different projects uh, coming up pretty soon. I have... Um, two issues of a comic book uh two different comic book series that uh are going to be coming out at some point this year uh my my buddy keith allen has uh his like debut album um that uh, i'm producing with him um coming out i think i mean uh, i hope it's okay that i i say this but uh we're trying to release that album um on uh april 20th um and uh let's see what else um yeah right now I'm, I'm just trying to like uh finish up a bunch of projects like i i just finished uh doing the score for my friend steven's uh feature film um i'm not sure when he's planning on putting that out um and uh yeah i'm just trying to like clear off my docket with a lot of these projects i'm doing something with um chris allen uh, from neon trees uh we're doing like this uh like sci-fi puppet project that we've been working on for i think we've been building stuff for like almost two years now or like oh, a wow. year and a half or something like that um but uh i have no idea when that thing is going to be ready to uh uh like we like uh we actually tried shooting some stuff this morning but just kept running into like technical problems um and uh yeah so i'm not sure when that'll come out but that's that project's like a big uh will be, for me personally be a huge achievement cuz like i've never worked with like marionette puppets before um or like miniature sets like i'm used to like kind of like a run and gun kind of filmmaking thing where like you know we're at like a coffee shop or something. And like, you know, I don't have to build a coffee shop. Like I can write a script where like this takes place at a coffee shop and then just find a coffee shop. But for this puppet project, like everything has to be built. So like if it takes place inside of a, of a hospital, like a sci-fi hospital or something, that means that we have to build like a miniature, like, you know, um, like four foot high by like six feet, seven feet, uh, set um 
So that that project has uh, been taking a while, but I'm hoping at some point, possibly this year, we can like finish filming the uh, the pilot episode uh, for that. Um, and what else? Uh, Slingshot is going to be playing some shows pretty soon. Um, trying to set those up. Uh, I have another issue of Realverse Magazine coming out soon. Um, I was trying to put out, because I did one for summer and fall. Um, I was trying to do a winter one, but with the holidays and all the other projects and stuff I have going on, I just didn't have time to like uh, take the time to like interview people and write up the, uh, the articles and stuff. Um, but uh, I've hopped back on that to put out uh, uh, an issue for uh, the spring um so just skipping like one season um and uh yeah i think i think that's it there's like a couple like music video stuff i also do the uh the bernie session videos i shoot and edit those for uh uh summer and andrew um and uh i think we have we're shooting one pretty soon um, with this guy named Tim Apple, who like just put out, uh, I think, a single like the other day. Um, and I'm currently editing one with uh, that we shot with this artist named uh, Evan Diamond. Um, and I think I think that's everything. I know that was like a, a mouthful, but got a lot of uh, got a lot of you know pots on the on the stove. Yeah, man. No, I'm I'm excited for all of it, man. And uh, and again, Dylan, I can't I can't thank you enough for your time. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's really been a pleasure talking with you, man. And I and I again, I appreciate your patience with me being late. I hate being late. Uh, it's um, all good. It's all good. But uh, the, the there won't there won't be a third time as charm. The next next time I have a Zoom with somebody, I'm just gonna have that bad boy fired up like 45 minutes ahead of time, so I don't yeah. get the pinwheel of death spinning. But yeah, keep doing your thing, man, for real. Um, and, and thank you for the kind words about the show and stuff. It, it means a lot. And um, I really love doing this. And so I love meeting people who love what they do too, man. Um, so thank oh, yeah. you so much, dude. Yeah, yeah, keep keep at it. I, I hope you never, never stop doing it. Well, likewise, man. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, thanks again, dude. Again, I really enjoyed this, brother. And keep keep doing your thing, man, for real. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited Likewise. to see what you've got on on deck, man. Oh yeah. Thank you. And thank you so much for your, for your time too. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, talk to me about this stuff and um, yeah, again, just giving me the opportunity. It, it's really awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad you reached out, man. Keep doing your thing. And it won't be the last time I have you on. And I promise next time I won't be 10 minutes late with connection <laughs> issues. <laughs> so it's all good. Hey, like, I mean, like I said, like we already recorded the episode, but like I was, you know, uh, totally prepared to lie to people and tell, tell them like, Oh yeah, he's, He's, you know, two minutes early, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm totally down to come back on the show whenever, uh, whenever you want. You're welcome, man. And yeah, keep in touch. We have each other's, uh, Instagrams and stuff, and you're going to have my email here shortly. So, you know, even if you want to just shoot the breeze about music or art or whatever, man, just look, you know, keep, keep in touch. I'm going to send you that monster record and, and you can oh, yeah, be honest soon. with me if it's, if it's not your vibe, but, um, I think with with the different the different avenues in your music, it's something that you, that would probably be up your alley. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take a listen to it and I'll uh I'll give you my um my review. 
yeah, give me your honest take on it, man. You know, we're not going to, yeah. the, the band's not going to know what you think of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Dylan. I hope you have a great rest of the night and a great weekend, man. All right. You too, man. Thanks. All right. Talk to you later. it that was my conversation with dylan baumgartner of real verse productions make sure you go follow them on instagram at real verse productions and the website is realverseproductions.com and that's real as in r-e-e-l realverseproductions.com the links will be in the podcast description for this episode dylan thank you so much man for taking the time to do the podcast and and for being patient with me being a little bit late uh, he was super cool about it, you guys, but I, I hate being late. I try to really, you know, I try not to take myself too seriously, and, and, I, and I like these conversations to flow, and I like it to be a good time for the guest and the listener. But again, I take, I take the production of the show seriously. I take the research seriously because I love this stuff, so it's not even homework to me because I, I, I love listening to new music and finding out about new art and new mediums, and obviously somebody like Dylan has his hands in a lot, as you guys heard on that conversation. So whether it's an independent artist or somebody who sold millions of albums and, and I've, I've had both ends of the spectrum on this show, I take every conversation just as serious as the next one and really try to be a professional and be on time. And like three out of the last four podcasts that I've done, I've been getting the spinning pinwheel of death with these, uh, these Zoom launching of the, the meeting room. It, 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 it wouldn't load. And so even this last conversation that I just did for a future episode – uh, that I did last night. I, after what happened with Dylan and a couple other people, I was like, all right, I'm going to get logged into Zoom like an hour ahead of time so I don't have any issues. Well, I did that yesterday, but I didn't launch the actual meeting room itself till like two minutes before the conversation because usually I, I'm, I'm, you know, I got everything set up, but I'm listening to the songs of the artists and, you know, putting down notes and stuff and things I want to touch on all the way up until the conversation. I'm thinking, oh, I'm logged into Zoom. Everything will be fine. I don't need to start the meeting room yet. It's not not time yet, you know. The conversation's not till six, and sure enough, I got the spinning pinwheel of death again. So anyway, that's that's not an exciting story for anybody listening to this. But just to peel back the curtain a little bit, the laptop I'm using is 12 years old. It was a, almost 12 years old now. It was a graduation present from my stepdad when I graduated from the University of Toledo back in 2010. Um, and I've written a lot of stories on this bad boy. I've gone on the road with this bad boy when I was doing games back in the day for Toledo Free Press and written game stories on here, music features on here, recorded a bunch of pod, uh, podcasts on here. And uh, so I've, I've, you know, the thing's been through the ringer with me and uh, it's got some nice Harman Kardon speakers. It's a, it's a Toshiba laptop. I don't even know if they make laptops anymore, man. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of I'm going to have to get probably like a, what is it, like a terabyte USB or something to back up everything that's on this puppy. But the Windows operating system that's on there is not even supported anymore, so it's probably time anyway because that leaves you vulnerable to viruses and all kinds of crap. But anyway, I digress, and again, nobody cares about that. But I'm just peeling back the curtain to let you all know I, I take this stuff seriously, man. So, Dylan, thank you for being cool about me being a little bit late. And he said he had to work out his mic stuff anyway, so it was totally fine, and he was prepared to, to tell people <laughs> that I was on time even though I was late. But I – I just want y'all to know, and I want Dylan to know too, man. I, I, to me, I don't care if you're an independent artist or, like I said, somebody who sold millions of albums. I take every one of these conversations just as seriously as the next, and uh, I pride myself in being a professional. So hopefully I don't have any more Zoom issues until I, I make that uh, leap and eventually get a new 
new laptop. But uh, I, I really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as me. You know, really the the big thing that stands out to me, you know, when I when I listen back on it, is just how Dylan took negatives and turned them into a positive. And that's really what this show is all about in terms of perseverance and moving forward. You guys heard him tell that story about going through a, a you know a, a breakup that that ended in a in a text message and how he took that negative experience and turned it into the short film Me and You. Obviously not autobiographical, but just a a creative way to put a button on you know, something bad that happened to him. You know, that's a that's a terrible way to break up with somebody, by the way. You should never do that. I don't wish bad on whoever that person was, but I hope they learned uh, from, from that that it's not it's not cool to treat human beings like that. And, and then also, same thing, the story of the straw man, you know, turning, turning a, you know, an experience with a friend into, into that record and the theme behind that and whatnot. Like, I just, I think it's really cool that Dylan not only um, has an interest in all these mediums, but that he really puts the effort in to make it a whole creative package. Like the straw man, you guys, I can't I can't harp on that enough that I really want you guys to check that out from his band Slingshot. Like it's just front to back. It's a really great listen. The artwork is really cool. Uh, shout out to Preston Vega who did the artwork, and he was actually the artist of the season in the fall issue of Real Verse Mag. I'll put his links in the podcast description as well because he's got some really cool, unique art. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to link his Instagram, but... But I think that's that's really a big takeaway for anybody listening to this, whether you're a creative person, whether you're not. Find positive ways to deal with negative situations in your life. You know, find that outlet form. You know, if you're not creative, maybe it's going for a run. Maybe it's hitting the gym or going for a swim. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, cleaning your, your apartment. Whatever the case may be, man. You know, if you're somebody that's like, oh, but Mike, I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I, I, I love mu- movies, but I have no idea how to make one or any of that. Like, just find a way to deal with those negative thoughts, those negative experiences, because I, I tell you what, guys, I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing in my life as somebody with anxiety and OCD. And I went through a crappy breakup that just, I mean, it ripped my heart out uh, in the last year and it was really unexpected. And it, and it took me a, a long time to really work through that and kind of build myself back up. And, you know, this podcast has been such a great outlet for me. Uh, to be able to to take my thoughts away from that situation and that pain, and uh, and again, it's not just about like distracting yourself. It's also about just sort of weaving the fabric together, and and, and building yourself back up. You know, th- this podcast is very much a reflection of me. Even though these shows aren't about me, they're about the artists, and I I really try to, you know, not interrupt people when they speak. And I've done it a few times. I did it last night on a conversation. I felt bad about it, and they were cool about it. But I know I can talk a lot, so. It's probably fitting that I have a podcast, but I really try to let the artists or the creators or whoever the guests are on my show, I really, it's about them. It's about their story and sharing it with all of you. So I really try to do a good job of after I'm done talking, I let them go. You know, if they give me a five minute answer, they can give me a five minute answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, I, I really hope you guys take that away from this conversation with Dylan. Just if there's, you know, things out there that you enjoy and things that you want to pursue, just go for them. You know, go for them and, and, and don't let anything hold you back. Don't let fear hold you back. And if, you, if there's negative things that happen, and, and inevitably in life there will be, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be unforeseen circumstances. Um, I hope you guys don't go through a text message breakup or have an unexpected end to your relationship the way that I did. Um, and that's as far as I'll go with mine because, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not here to sling mud and I, and I don't wish anything bad on my ex. In fact, I, I wish her very well. Um, 
but if you go through things like that, man, find find healthy, creative ways, um, positive ways to deal with them. And, and I think that's really cool about what Dylan's doing. And again, I mean, from uh, from short films, music videos, making music, comics, you know, like uh, it's just it's it's crazy. The magazine, Real Verse Mag, like it's just it's it's really cool to me. All the things that that he's getting involved in. And uh, that he's got a group of friends and, you know, like-minded creative people who are working on all these things with him. Like, it's just a, it's a really beautiful thing, man. So um, I really hope you guys check out his work again at Realverse Productions on Instagram. And the website is realverseproductions.com. So please go check those out. And, and yeah, I hope that everybody has a, a great rest of the week. It's a Tuesday when you guys will be listening to this. So I hope that this finds you well. And if not, I hope it it made your day a little bit better listening to Dylan and I gab. It's definitely not the last time he's going to be on the show. And I I just had, I had a great time talking with the cat. So once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod on Twitter at Mike V Bauman. And that's V as in Victor for my gramp. I love you, gramp. And the host site is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree is in the podcast description where I've got links to everywhere you can listen to the podcast. There's also a little biography section about me if you guys are curious to learn more about my past work and how I got to where I am. Uh, I know I'm a curious person. I like to know how people get to where they are, and so maybe that's something that intrigues you. And if it does, hit that link tree. And if you would be so kind, please take time to leave a rating and review. You can do it in Apple Podcasts. Spotify now also allows you to rate the podcast, and that's awesome because what it does is it helps these shows rank higher and get these conversations out to more people. And ultimately, that's what I want, man. I want more people to know about awesome independent artists like Dylan and all his creative people that he's working with and all the wonderful work that they're doing, man. It's um, it's really cool to see. So if you would be so kind, tell a friend to tell a friend, like, subscribe, leave a, leave a rating and a review, and um, we can get these conversations out to more people. And on that note, uh, I just want to say thank you again to all of you for listening. Honestly, y'all, it's really humbling. I'm really excited about what 2022 has in store for this show and for me. And I'm just trying to put my best foot forward every single day like the rest of y'all and just uh, be a good human and uh, have some fun along the way. And this show is a big part of that. So I mean it when I say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody who listens to the show. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of my man Dylan, this song is off of the album The Straw Man from Slingshot, and it is called Cut and Run. Peace. (laughs) 